Views expressed on the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. On February 23rd, a Saturday workshop, Automatic Writing, will be presented at the Residence in Marriott on Lake Union. Automatic Writing is an ancient oracle used to receive answers and predictions important to your life. Your wisest counsel is deep inside of you. With a little practice, you will be able to let this wisdom flow through your body, into ink, and onto paper. The trick to successful automatic writing is to let neutral, divine energy access your inner wisdom. This one-day workshop will introduce you to my favorite technique to retrieving information important to you and your life right now. See you then. Listen to The Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet, every Thursday at noon and 7 p.m. Brought to you by Gwen Williams, Space Transform, Interior Redesign and Feng Shui. That is spacetransform.com. Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello everyone, this is Marie Manu Cherry. Welcome to where energy and medicine meet. It's a lovely evening here in Seattle. It's about 44 degrees when I was driving over from Kirkland. I won't tell you how fast I was going because we already know um, from previous shows. It's a, that's a little bit of my um, getting out of the box and being a little crazy. <laughs> so at any rate, um, tonight we have Marilyn Richards and Julian Reapy who are here on the show. They are they both have been and still are clients of mine. Um, but more importantly, um, and there are actually many important aspects to their lives. But one of the reasons why they're on the show today is because they're also cancer survivors. And um, what I found out a long time ago when I was growing up in Seattle, I'm a native. Um, I lived in Seattle just below Windermere in the student housing projects because both of my parents attended the U. And so our living arrangements were obviously very culturally diverse. And I met a lot of people, obviously, from different nationalities, different ethnicities. And I just thought I loved culture and people in terms of culture and color and, and all of that. And when I became a nurse and I'm in the hospital and I'm looking at people who are, you know, maybe they're missing a leg or they don't have hair or I'm going to need to stuff their wounds. And I realized I just love people no matter what. It doesn't matter what's going on with them. And I fell madly in love with oncology patients. In fact, um, about 25% of the people who come to see me in my practice have health challenges. Some of those people um, are working with healing their body through cancer. And what I believe most important is that people truly heal themselves. So tonight we get to talk to people who've healed themselves and what they've learned and how they've figured out how to do it. Um, it's very exciting to me. Uh, and I, when I was in the hospital and I was looking at patients, I realized that allopathic medicine wasn't going to be the only thing to heal the people that I worked with, the majority of them. And so, of course, holistic medicine and meditation and journaling and therapy and all of these other things come into what allows an individual to heal. And I think individuals get to figure that out for themselves. It's a very unique and individual process. So we're going to have the phone lines open today, too. In fact, the phone lines are already um, beginning to fill up. And so if you're calling from anywhere outside of um, Washington State, you can use the toll-free number, which is one eight 
877-825-8828. Or here in Washington State locally, you can call 425-373-5527. And um, Mary Lee, my dear friend, is finally back from Palm Springs, so she's answering the phone for us. So why don't we go ahead and start to talk to our guest. Um, Welcome, Marilyn and Julian. How are you? How are you? Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks for you. Very much. Yeah, thank you so much. So why don't we start with Marilyn and give us a little bit of your story. Sure. Yeah. You bet. Well, I'll, ta- I'll just talk for a moment about how, um, what, what I think about when I think about my cancer journey and how it occurred. And, right. And then what, what I chose to do about it. Um, several years ago, I discovered a big lump in my neck. Mm-hmm. And I didn't... Uh, I didn't think much of it, except it got so large I could hardly swallow. So yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> there wasn't much ignoring it at that point. So um, the the lump grew so large that I had to do something about it, and I sought to go to different doctors. Finally, I mm-hmm. found myself in an oncologist's office, mm-hmm. and he said, I'm very sure this is lymphoma. You need to go to surgery quickly, then chemotherapy. So um, he diagnosed it as stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, wow. And to me, it came out of nowhere. I know now that it didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was a process. So at that time, our sons were seven and nine years old. And right. it was very difficult and, um, of course, uh, very Scary. terrifying. Yeah. And um, I was working at the time as a partner in an advertising agency. And I realized that my life was a, a bit too crazy. Too harried, and and frankly, it was so enjoyable just to have some time off. So, um, and I I was very confused because I thought, why am I being punished? Why is this? uh, Why is this happening? Because I eat right, I work out. It seems that I'm doing the right things, and yet cancer is here. So, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. Then one day, our priest came to our house because we belong to a lovely Catholic church in our neighborhood, and he said. Marilyn, this is your journey. You have to walk it. And I said, I don't want this journey. Can <laughs> someone else have it? You know, and, and I realized that was such a pivotal moment for me. It mm-hmm. was so powerful. What he was saying was, you know, you can't choose that you have cancer. It's here. But you can choose how you live with it and how you react to it. Right. And, the, and at that moment, a light bulb went off for me, and I decided to, to really take charge. Wow. And decide how I was going to get help. And it needed to be more help than my dear doctor could offer. Bless him. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Bless him. Exactly. So, so after six months of chemotherapy, and I lost 20 pounds, and I lost all my hair. and um, But what I gained was an entirely new outlook on life. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing everything as being beautiful and loving. And, and I saw, had my first visit with you at that time. And that was pivotal because you said, Marilyn, you're never in your body. <laughs> I said, is that really important to be in my body? And so I was learning, learning mm-hmm. as time went on. And mm-hmm. so I began to see cancer as a really big blessing and a gift. And then three months later, I had reoccurrence. Wow. Cancer came back. And this was not the news I had in mind mm-hmm. at all. And I was terrified. Mm-hmm. But I really knew then that uh, I was being called to do even deeper healing. Right. And I had pain from, you know, I had, there were people that had died. I hadn't really mourned their death and I had grief and people I hadn't forgiven and whatnot. So I knew I was being invited to do deeper healing. And uh, I sought help from a variety of, you know, from you and many others. And I, I just felt like my life had changed. And I, and then the phone started ringing and other cancer 
uh, people with cancer started coming and saying, would you mentor me? Would you help me through my, you know, what's a very terrifying thing? So um, three months later, my recurrence went away. Yay! And then that was really a happy moment. (laughs) And beyond that, I just kind of forgot about it, honestly. and just was so busy supporting others that it brought joy into my life. And that's that's the short version. The short version. (laughs) But it sounded long. No, it's a beautiful story. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And what's your story, Julian? What has happened to you in your life? Well, it's a very similar story. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure many people have a a similar story as well. Because I also was leading a very hectic life and a high-powered job. Um, I knew it wasn't right for me, but I felt sort of trapped in my life uh, to a certain extent. I mean, we had this beautiful life together and the family was doing things and we needed a certain level of income, or I felt I did. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and then the cancer came. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I'd been able to say, wait, you know, let's change our life. Let's change my life. Let me do this. The cancer came and changed my life. Yeah. And said, hello, you know, this is it. And I also had a similar experience around uh, the medical profession, because I had um, eventually stage four melanoma, which mm-hmm. is virtually untreatable. Right. Except they had some treatments that they were offering me that were highly experimental. And they told me I had eight months to live and it, the treatment would use up four months. And then I'd be, you know, if it didn't work, I'd have a kind of crummy four months left. And I says, this does not sound like a good choice. You right. know? And my wife and I did some deep soul searching around that and chose to go in with an alternative plan, with an alternative doctor, Dr. Gonzalez in New York. And um, that plan, which is, you know, very alternative in the sense that it's based upon enzyme therapy and diet and detoxification and all of these, <clears throat> the three stools of good health. But then I also knew that that wasn't going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And the other things that came into my life were, um, well, before I'd even gone to see Dr. Gonzalez, I came and saw you. Right. And you told me, you're not going to die. Yeah. You know, this I, is not going to get you. There's, right. You're, you're going to be around. You're going to be hanging out with us a while longer. A while longer. <laughs> and, and, of course, I'm so happy to have lived into that pronouncement, you know. <laughs> um, but it also began a journey, a spiritual journey. And the journey that led me to Reiki with right. you, Reiki training with you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And many other things. And right. one of the great things about my recovery was there was, um, I became an opportunity for people to give. And I had to learn to be able to receive. And that was one (laughs) of the great lessons to begin with. And there was this fantastic group of people that created a care group around us. And, um, you know, came and walked the dog and brought meals and, you know, just created that support so that our family could, you know, be with each other and and deal with what at that time we thought was a terminal illness. Right. Um, But then I finally had to say, you know, the medical profession is trying to tell me how I'm going to die. And I thought, you know, that's not okay. Eventually, Mm -hmm. eventually Mm -hmm. I came to this place where I had to say, you know, I'm going to take charge of this. I have to be responsible for my own health. And that's what led me to Dr. Gonzalez. It led me to meditation. It led me to uh, Reiki, doing Reiki on myself, doing Reiki on others. Uh, This whole process of giving and receiving. And over time, um, the tumors have shrunk down. I still have some in my system, but they're, you know, very controlled. Uh, there was one in my liver that's totally disappeared. Yay. Um, 
and it's wonderful. And I go to my regular medical doctors, you know, God bless them all for what they can do. And, you know, they go, well, we aren't quite sure exactly what you're doing, but keep doing it, you know? (laughs) And, um, and so the journey and the, and the thing that keeps coming up for me and, and the same is true that happened with you is as, as we walk this path and as we, you know, go deeper in ourselves, more people come and encounter you. And I've been doing Reiki work with uh, some cancer people and I'm doing some workshops, you know, try to help people with their, understand their immune system and how just basic things that they can do for themselves begin to give them control. Right. And the biggest lesson, and it's a lesson I learned every day, and you have to relearn it and relearn it, is um, that being a victim, being the victim that's dying, being the victim that can't leave their job is really seductive. <laughs> that being a victim is like one of the great places to be because you don't have to be responsible mm-hmm. because the cancer happened to me. You know? And as you were saying, choosing you didn't choose to get the cancer, but you can choose. You can be free in how you relate to it. Right. But only once you've taken charge, only mm-hmm. once you've begun to to take on the responsibility for your own life. Well, one of the things I've noticed with patients, regardless of what a health issue is, if that's the reason why someone comes to see me, is that in order for them to heal, they need to make profound changes in their life. You know, and many people quit their jobs. Sometimes they leave unhealthy relationships. Sometimes they move out of state. But they they make profound changes in their life. And these were things that they probably knew all along that weren't working for them. Um, but they were too afraid to make these changes, similar to some of the things that you said, money. And, you know, we get so caught up in the way our lifestyle is that it seems odd that we would make drastic changes. But everyone, pre- I would say pretty much everyone I know who's healed and healed well, um, they've made profound changes. And they're much happier, you know. They're, <laughs> and that's when dis-ease becomes a blessing in our lives, mm-hmm. an absolute blessing. So we've got some people on the phone, so we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. So we have Jessica on the phone. Hi, Jessica. Hi. And it looks like you're calling from Arizona. Yes. Oh, welcome. Thanks for calling. What can we do for you? Um, well, I'm calling in regards to my grandparents. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to call last week, but um, the time slipped and I didn't get through. And then, oh, I'm sorry. But no, it's my fault. I, I, but then I found out that this week you're talking about cancer anyway, and that's why I was calling. Wonderful. Um, my grandpa's had prostate cancer for the last 20 years. Wow. And um, he's now full of it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got it back now, and they won't even do any more tests on him. He can have right. whatever he wants to eat, this and that. He's diabetic as well. So, Anyways, I'm here visiting them for about four days, and um, I wanted to describe the situation that my grandmother's in mm-hmm. and um, try and see what um, Marie says in regards to um, what it is that I can do while I'm here and close in regards to energy or anything mm-hmm. um, to make things um, lighter here. Sure. Well, you know, when you said that your grandfather's had prostate cancer for 20 years, my first thought was congratulations to him. I mean, yeah. that's a really right. long period of time to have a health issue. And, and I think that one of the things we're learning about cancer and other diseases is that we can live with them, you know, and, and that I think is such a relief for most people. You know, it- that. 
I'm sorry. Is this Marie? Am yes. I? Okay. <laughs> yes, this is Marie. Um, and I will tell you that prostate cancer is a disease of, of um, guilt. So when I look at men who come into my office and I lay my hands on their second chakra, which governs the prostate gland, um, when a man is full of guilt, and usually these men have no reason to feel guilty, so they're kind, compassionate, considerate people. Although when I look at your grandfather, he has a little bit of an edge, by the way. <laughs> Um, you know, that there, it, this is repressed guilt, feeling guilty for things that uh, I don't believe guilt is a useful emotion regardless. Um, and so, and unfortunately, it kind of fills up the pelvic cavity and then it can disrupt the prostate gland. Um, and um, uh, we'll be happy to also hear from Marilyn and Julian as well. But I think right now um, is to just give lots of love to your grandfather and your grandmother um, because he... And, you know, he is on his way. He's crossing over. Even as we speak, he spends very little time in his body. He spends a lot of time outside of his body getting ready to move to the other side. Um, and I, I think your grandmother, you know, when I'm in her energy, she just, she's very, very, very sad. And I think sometimes no matter how hard we try to prepare for something, um, sometimes we're not quite ready. And, and I, I think... think- she is actually the one who I'm mostly calling about. Sure. You've met with my mother before. You've ah. had a meeting with her, and you ah. said that my grandmother, who I'm talking about, is in a state where she's going to drive herself to death because ah. she puts so much energy out towards other people, and she does for other people, and she puts herself down a little bit. And and um, she, when no one else is around, when people aren't visiting, when my, when my grandpa's like this now, um, she can't accept the fact that he's dying, and there's a lot of negative energy going through her right. that I think that um, it affects him, that right. he can't let go. And I also believe that um, her negative energies draw negative energies. A dog came the other day, and um, a neighbor dog came as she was saying goodbye to someone and knocked her down, and now she has a broken wrist. Ouch. So she can't do things around the house that... Right she would normally do so now she feels even more hopeless and well it's true you know energy attracts like so whatever we're focusing on or feeling we attract more of the same even if it's exactly what we don't want but I'm sure that you know Marilyn's husband and Julian's wife had some challenging moments and so maybe you can offer some advice to this lovely grandmother the one thing I would say is you know we're not able to I can barely hear you oh thanks thank you we're not able to stop this process, and people, it's a mystery of life why people die and, and that they do. And frankly, we don't like it a lot, but the truth of the matter is it's going to happen. And when you begin to see that it's happening, you really realize you have only a few choices, and one of them is to love him and to bless him and to to know that immense blessings will occur when he passes over. It's happened so many times in our family that I can speak with a lot of personal experience. And it's not to diminish the pain that, you know, that you're feeling and the discomfort when you lose someone you love. At the same time, I believe that that blessings occur beyond which you, you can really even ever imagine. And that will happen in time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This may, excuse me, be a little difficult to hear, but both of us have talked about our cancer being a gift, and there may be a way in which you need to understand and feel that your grandfather's death is an opportunity for your grandmother, that she's been in a relationship with him that has 
um, not always been the most positive, although there's been a lot of positive in it. And now with his departure, she has some time and will have some time and we'll have a lot of grief and a lot of difficult things to deal with. But this is also an opportunity for her. And, and if you see it that way, and if you can relate to her and love her in her pain and, and see in yourself that this might be an opportunity for her, you can make things a little bit easier. I, I completely agree. In fact, because your grandmother tends to be more negative, um, if you can just shower her with positive energy, even if you, you know, if you, if you feel that you can't smile around her right now, just inside feel very fulfilled in your heart and, and warm. Even if you have to think about something else, that energy will, you know, kind of shower her and make it a little bit easier for her to learn to be more joyful and happy. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, and the best of luck, and we send love to your family and white light to your grandfather so that his crossing is easy, which I believe it will be for him. Okay, great. Thank Thank you. you Sure. Um, Excellent. So why don't we go ahead and go to the phone lines, because eventually here we're going to need to take a break. So um, now we have Shaz from Shoreline. Did I say your name correctly? Yeah, that's it. Okay, great. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good, actually. Great. What can we do for you tonight? Well, um... I've noticed uh, the last week I have not been able to sleep fully, like, like throughout the whole night. Like, mm-hmm. I keep waking up early in the morning, mm-hmm. and um, it's, uh, it's really starting to wear on me. And um, I'm actually a fairly new listener, but uh, my mom mm-hmm. um, told me that maybe I should call, and uh, you might have some insights for me, and I believe that, that to be true. So um, she she also said that um, she had a similar problem, and she said that it was like she might have she had spiritual guides or something, which I'm not too familiar with. Yeah, talking or trying to tell her something. Absolutely, and, that's exactly what I thought of. In fact, all three of us are kind of smiling at each other because when you're woken up in the middle of the night or really early in the morning, it really is because wisdom or divine messengers want to come and enlighten you about something. We're also in a very pivotal astrological aspect right now. We're in, um, we're in between eclipses. Um, I believe Mars just went direct. Mercury's went retrograde. Um, I'm not a big astrologer, but we are in eclipses are very profound. And so we're right in the middle. We just finished one yesterday and we have another one on the 20th. But yes, when you are woken up, especially repeatedly around the same time in the morning or um, very late at night, uh, you are you are being asked to listen. So I would journal. And in fact, do I, I know both of you okay. probably journal? Is that true, Marilyn? Yes. You journal? It's it's a powerful um, it's a powerful force for my healing. And in general, I've been reading about it. It it has amazing qualities that it can really help you. Yeah. And the other option would be um, to take that opportunity to meditate. Do you meditate? Yes. I well, so much. I've, I've dabbled in it, and I've. I don't know. I, I'm very open to things like that. And, um, so yeah, it's definitely a, a, I'd like to try that now. Um, so maybe instead of like being bothered by being woken up, you could just either journal or just try sitting and, and being with yourself, just mm-hmm. being, just feel whatever's going on in your body. Just wait for whatever might come up and then see what happens. Don't, don't. Okay. Yeah. I would, I, yeah, it makes sense. I actually have fun. Um, a couple of people who are very spiritual um, tell me now that they think I might be a champ. And so I'm not very familiar with that, but um, I do feel like I am being communicated to um, in some way. And 
So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but... Um, well, well, here's the great news is you're going to find out, you know, because you're going to enjoy it when, when you wake up. And instead of being frustrated, which I understand it's no fun when you don't get enough sleep, but it's also very enlightening and inspiring and energizing when you get to spend time with yourself or you hear special special messages or you journal out something that was that you've been contemplating for a long time that's been in your subconscious. So I think I you're, you're going to have a great time. Okay. All right. Okay. And uh, I'd like to say something about the cancer thing. Because um, although I don't have a uh, a personal experience with it, um, I noticed actually to sell life insurance, and um, part of my um, doing that was was qualifying people. And I found that I, I started seeing people who had you know a history of cancer. I saw so many people, obviously, that that came up. Well, I started to realize that people were recovering from. Um, very acute stages or, or late stages also of cancer, but they had to go like outside of the state to, in order to be cured. And so anyway, I, that was just that that opened me up to ideas of alternative heat. And um, so I just I, I always like to tell that to people that there is hope out there and that there's you know there's other alternatives. So well, thank you I'm, so much. We appreciate yeah. that. Thank you, and have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Great. So I'm going to give out the phone numbers again, and then we're going to go to break. If you're calling outside of the state of Washington anywhere, it's toll-free 1-877-825-8828, or locally here in Washington is 425-373-5527. So we're going to go to break, and we'll be right back with the Marie Manucherry Show. It's here, an evening with Marie Manucherry and friends. Every month on the third Wednesday, this two-hour class promises to inspire you and surround you with like-minded people. Come explore topics like manifest your goals and desires, meet your spirit guides, embrace your intuition, bridging worlds, and balance your human energy system. This Wednesday evening class is held in Seattle from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., the third Wednesday of every month, January through October. Classes will be held at the Residence in Marriott Lake Union, 800 Fairview Avenue North in Seattle. Parking is free on the street, near the hotel, or in the garage. Just pull up to the hotel and ask the front desk for a parking key. For more information, visit my website at www.energyintuitive.com or call the office at 425-825-5671. See you there. Become a Reiki Master in Seattle, March 7th, 8th, and 9th. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, 2, and 3. You will learn how to move energy within the body by practicing on other workshop participants. Class participants will also learn detailed information about the chakra system and will receive attunements to practice Reiki at the master level. In this class, I will teach the laws that govern professional practice in Washington State. Reiki is still my favorite modality. This is truly a transformative weekend with healing and guided meditation. Enrollment is limited, booklet included. See you there.
Like what you hear? Be sure and support the sponsors who support your favorite programs on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. And I'm going to re- repeat the numbers again. They are one 825 8828 That's toll-free anywhere around the country. And then locally is 425-373-5527. We do have some phone lines open if you want to call. Um, one of the things that I absolutely love um, about healing, you know, is that people really do heal themselves. And, and I think that's what allopathic medicine is beginning glimpses of this. And that's why allopathic physicians now are not as upset or frustrated as they used to be when their patients desired to move outside of traditional medicine for, for, for you know, more healing art- alternatives. Um, when I started working, um, doing energy work in the hospital, I would have physicians come up to me and want to know what I was doing because their patients were requesting me. In fact, some physicians would write orders that I would do energy work on their patient because sometimes they'd go, could you go in there and, you know, do what you do on Mrs. Johnson? And I'd say, well, I don't, you know, I'm pretty busy today. And then they'd just stand right there and write it, you know, on the order pad. So I had to go in there. (laughs) I had to follow (laughs) orders. Um, And so as I would begin to explain to a physician what I was doing, I would hear them say, you know, I just don't think I'm going to be able to listen to this, but I'm really glad you're doing it. And, um, but I'm really sorry, I can't hear this. <laughs> so a- as you said, bless, you know, all of um, people who are dedicated to the healing um, of whatever, whether it's the planet or animals or human beings, we appreciate all the help because we all need it. <laughs> um, and at the same time, um, I just love watching allopathic medicine change. And so what have been some of your experiences in this arena? Um, you know, what have you introduced to your physicians? What have you taught them? <laughs> and, and what has been some of their feedback? Whoever wants to go well, first. I mentioned that I do take back my process with my um, doctor in New York, Dr. Gonzalez. Right. And it's, you know, the detoxification and the diet and all the ways we test for these things are really challenging for fairly strict allopathic doctors, right. as are things, if you want to talk about, you know, meditation and prayer and working on your relationship with those around you as, as part of your healing process. So mostly what I get is a kind of tolerance and maybe even a little bit of a condescension in terms uh-huh. of this like they'd rather think of us or you know me or us as outliers as something sort of outside the the statistical average well but, you are outside the statistical <laughs> average but and, somehow that explains it right? Oh, right, like, yeah. like there's a certain number of people that don't have to fit into our science but that's okay <laughs> right you know? but we can just keep yeah. doing what we're doing right i think uh you know the moment of truth came for me when uh, I was diagnosed with reoccurrence, mm-hmm. and there was there was an agreement to provide no treatment at that time. You know, saying you look great, you feel great, wow. go home. Wow! And at the same time, to provide no ideas for additional support, and um, that left me in a really awkward and yet beautiful zone of having to to decide what I was gonna, you know, how I was going to create a healing plan for myself. And so I think my, my experiences, the uh, allopathic doctors are more focused on the outcome and they're not terribly concerned about how it got there <laughs> and they don't want to hear about it. I mean, right. Bottom yeah. line and bless them too. I, I, it's fine. They're just not there. Right. I do notice there's a more, more openness for um, some of the naturopathic, oh, uh, absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. doctors that are becoming more known. Right. 
But And we're even noticing that in, you know, like the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance now has naturopathic physicians that work in their clinic. And so we're noticing that people are getting the nutritional support, which is so incredible. No matter if we have a health issue or not, it's vitally important that we maintain our immune system and keep our body healthy. And when you're under treatment, you know, more allopathic treatment, then absolutely you need even more nutrients to maintain your your body and your wellness. Um, I, I remember, Marilyn, when you were here last week, you spoke, you and I spoke when we were, you know, going down to our cars. And you talked about, you know, the difference between cure and healing. Yeah. And I, th- I thought that was very interesting. Do you yeah. mind explaining that? I'd love to. You know, it, it in my practice, I coach and counsel people with cancer now. And I've noticed that you can be cured and not healed. Mm-hmm. And you can be healed and yet not cured. Mm-hmm. And um, when I think of healing, I think of it in the broadest sense of bringing peace of mind and faith and knowing, um, just knowing that you have received a, a new life, right. if you will. And yet um, sometimes that occurs independent of what happens in your body. Right. And, and we all know people who, in fact, do pass away, but who have achieved tremendous personal healing. Right. And it's through, I think, through... God's grace, and it's unexplainable. Right. But the fact of the matter is that's what life is. And some people are cured and healed. Right. But it's interesting to make the distinction because you can't always know the mystery of life. What will the outcome will be? Right. And, and maybe that's what happens when you, when something dramatic changes in your life. You, you know, you hope that you learn to let go of what the outcomes are meant to be, and you yeah. learn to just really live your life and enjoy it and be happy moment to moment, to be present. I think that's absolutely important. And Mm -hmm. I think another way that I've said this to myself, and this has to do with doctors not really being too open to hear these alternative ways, is that for most people and for conventional medicine, death is failure. Right. Death, you know, they try, they'll do everything they can practically to keep you from dying. Right. They'll, They'll even, you know, put you through things that you may not want to go through. Right. But if you change your focus and you realize that death is not failure, right. that you can heal into death, right. that actually healing may be, you know, the best preparation for that final transformation or the, right. the, the last one we know of. I totally agree with that. Then your whole relationship to your disease changes. changes. It mm-hmm. changes completely. Right. And real quick, I did, I, I do constant healing meditations where I visualize the cancer and then I, you well, know, it's obviously working. <laughs> boost my immune system yeah. and all that stuff. But the thing that's happened, which has really transformed it is the, the, the visions just changed. And instead of being these hard little awful things that needed to be <laughs> destroyed by right. my immune system, right. uh, my tumors have become voids that I fill with the positive, you know, for me, it's sort of a golden energy. And Beautiful. that's a different orientation towards it that's happened over yeah. three years, which is, yeah. you know, it's no longer this thing that needs to be attacked. It's this thing that needs to be felt into. I'm really um, clear how how often people write about and you'll read about battling cancer. Right. And it's I find a war. It, I find it very offensive mm-hmm. and also inaccurate. Inaccurate. We're not, I mean, if it's your body that's, you know, suffering disease, how can you be at battle with your body and expect to heal in a peaceful way? Right. So I think you need to find a, a, you know, those of us who have been sick know that that approach doesn't work that well. Right. Because you can't be at war with your own 
essentially your own self. And so granted, it's, it's not, you know, you don't welcome the disease, but as long as it's here, it's actually possible to love Love it, love yourself, welcome it as an opportunity, as bizarre as that may sound. And, and as we know, love heals everything, right? It's really true. It really right. is. And it seems so cliche, but you know, in my practice, what I believe I do all day long is I love people. Yeah. You know, they lay on the table, and yes, I get intuitive readings, and I move energy. But what I do, um, and something that I truly enjoy doing is I love people. And, and you I, teach them how to love themselves. And I teach them how to love themselves. One yeah. of the defining moments for me mm. came with my wife. <clears throat> One time we were standing in the kitchen and I was in the midst of being taken care of and you know I was this wonderful sick person that was receiving all this (laughs) love and food and dog walking and in a very clear moment of strength she looked at me and she says what if the healthiest thing for you is loving me wow (laughs) and you know it took me a while to sort of work with that and think it but she was absolutely right wow you know coming into harmony with those around you, particularly yeah. your your major love of your life, to, right. to be in harmony with that and to not just be in a place of receiving, but realize that this is not a disease. I'm not, you know, the cancer yeah. can't be used as an excuse not to love yeah. fully. Wow, wow. I have that's a good, beautiful. May I say a story? Sure. Um, one client, one of the first clients that came to me uh, said, I'm very, she she had breast cancer and she said, I'm very sure it's my husband's fault. I have cancer. (laughs) And that was, that was an awakening for me that Mm -hmm. actually someone, you know, that that was possible to really believe that. Right. And then having said that, what, what do you, what would you do about it? Right. And so I absolutely agree with you. Right. Creating harmony and finding a place of harmony. Right. With your, with your mate. Right. Is it's huge. key to healing. Yes. Absolutely. So why don't we go ahead and go to the phone lines. We've got Kay on the line from Everett. Hi, Kay. Hi. How are you? I'm good. What, what can we do for you tonight? Well, um, first of all, uh, I just want to remind you, I was at the uh, workshop in January, and I've been meditating on my second chakra, and I've been attracting all kinds of orange things into my life. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Congratulations. Including orange roses last week. Ooh. Which was really nice. Yeah. So all the passion coming yes. towards you. Great. All the passion. Finding my passion. Wonderful. And I'm discovering more and more that I'm, you know, I have a huge desire to uh, help people heal. Mm-hmm. And I've been working on that for myself. So why I'm calling tonight is I'm hearing so much good stuff. I would love to share with my coworker has been sick for at least six months and mm-hmm. out from work a lot, going to every doctor that she can possibly sign up, mm-hmm. um, coming back with diagnoses from anything from, well, it could be fibroids, MS, it could be right. vascular, it could be, right. you know, and I just would love it if there's any way that you could give me some insight that I could pass along to her. Right. Well, you know, those are actually... I love it when people go to doctors and nobody really knows what's wrong with you. Yes. You know, I'm always happy when people show up at my door and they go, well, they think I might have this. They think I might have that, but I've, I haven't been definitively diagnosed. And I'm like, yay. Mm-hmm. Because one of, I think the frustrating things for people who have had an illness and they have healed that when their chart comes out, you know, there's all these fancy languages about what stage they're in and what's mm-hmm. going on. And they just want to cover it up with smiley faces because that isn't who they are. Right. We're not the illness that, um, that we have been told that we are, we believe that we are. So clearly, in, in my mind, when I look at it, and she's a complicated person, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so complicated people are, 
um, unique in the fact that they're so smart, they have a great intellect, that they can change information very quickly. So you give them a process or an, or an idea and they can flip it over and make it look like something else. Or they come up with incredible questions that kind of denounce everything that you told them and you're back to square one. Mm-hmm. So um, what will be important for her is to figure out a philosophy, something that she can really believe in that makes sense to her. Mm-hmm. Um, um, obviously, or in my opinion, um, I am in her second chakra, but I'm also in her solar plexus. So she's got an autoimmune circumstance going on with um, a second chakra like passion. There's some leaking of energy in her second chakra. Uh, and so what I would do is help her with that. You know, And you, you actually have great energy to help other people. Because mm. sometimes when I hear people saying they want to help others, it's, it's almost like I feel like they need some training on how to maintain their energy, not feel overly responsible, not feel overly guilty. Um, but you seem very clear in your energy system when I look at you. So mm. I, I think you're a great candidate to help her out. So perhaps, you know, begin to teach her some or help her to recognize some philosophies that she can truly, truly believe in because she's looking, th- you know, through the eyes of everyone else trying to decide what her philosophy is. And her philosophy needs to be her own mm-hmm. You know, it needs to be her own individual belief system. And, and why don't we um, ask Julian and Marilyn too, as well? You know, coworkers, how can they help their their um, friends at work? Go ahead. Well, <laughs> you know, her it's her decision if she chooses to um, love herself through this or listen to her body. But there's absolutely nothing wrong uh, with encouraging her, if it feels appropriate to you, to ask her to begin to meditate even a little bit. Mm-hmm. And for okay. people. I, I was one of those people, my mind is very active, and I just doggone wasn't going to do it because I wouldn't <laughs> slow down long enough for one thing. Plus, no one could really convince me that it was worth it. <laughs> and when I began to do it, it had such power for me. I began to listen to my body, and I prayed, and I had many different ways of doing it. I don't personally think there's any wrong way to do it, just that it got me back in touch with my body. And um, if you feel it's appropriate, see if she's willing to try that on. Great. Yeah, I will. I have been encouraging her for six months. Every time she looks at me, she's telling me this doctor stuff. I just look at her and I just go, well, are you ready to try anything? Good. (laughs) May I also say one other thing? Mm -hmm. Often when we have coworkers or loved ones that are sick, we want to fix it. And there's really no way to fix it. Mm-hmm. All you can, the most you can really do is be a companion with her and love her. And you can toss out ideas here and there, but it's really ultimately up to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? And I guess the other thing is, I'm just listening to what Marie said, and that is that often, or it seems to me from, from what I'm getting, that um, if there's this nonspecific and this recurrence and this going back and that... The idea of finding a philosophy or, or meditating is about trying to solve. It doesn't sound like she can solve this problem on the level of the problem. The level of her that, that she's experiencing the problem is in her body, mm-hmm. but the solution to this problem is probably in something like her philosophy or her spirit and mm-hmm. her, her energy in the world. And what you sounds like you're doing is encouraging her in that direction. Meditation would be, or prayer, or or something. Right. I'm also getting hit that she is she really like hyper logical. Oh I mean, yeah, that's that complicated it's part. <laughs> that's what you were saying. Yeah. yeah, I am so going to have her listen to this next Thursday. Well, one of the biggest things that I had to overcome in myself to go to Doctor Gonzalez, the thing that really was a hang up for me was cynicism. Mm. 
mm-hmm. was a, in a, a kind of hyperlogical cynicism. Like, if these doctors can't fix me, some guy in New York that's going to teach me how to detoxify and make me take, you know, and pig enzymes, you know, <laughs> what, what is that? You know, he's like yeah. some kind of weird guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, and I can feel this in your friend. It's like you have to realize that cynicism mm-hmm. is this defense, mm-hmm. and that and that hyper intellectual. It's the wrong level. She can. It'll never happen on that level. Yeah. You'll never figure it out when your brain can come up with another solution. This one's wrong. Let's try this one. When you're crossing out every potential probability of a cure or a healing aspect, you're you're never going to figure it out. You got to surrender eventually and try something, trust something, and not let your brain talk you out of it. Yeah. And you also have to realize some people really need to be sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, and I hate to say it, but that was really my story in that I, I needed a big time out in my life mm-hmm. and, and it just so happened that cancer came right about that time. I'm not saying it's my fault <laughs> no, that I got cancer not, and right. I'm not, I'm not even, you know, I'm not, that's not what the point is. The point is you have to be sure that somebody really, really wants to get well, uh, to know how you can support them. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. So well, does, is that helpful, Kate? Oh, very much so. It just, it really confirms exactly what I've been feeling like that, you know, if she can address her beliefs, then she won't have to have that big giant timeout. Otherwise, that big giant timeout is on the horizon. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for calling in oh, and listening to the you. show. Mm-hmm. Have a good evening. Thanks. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. So why don't we go ahead and go back to the phone lines. We have Helena. Am I saying your name correctly? Hello. Oh, yes. Hi. That's okay. Yes, you are. <laughs> Great. What can we do for you tonight? Well, I've been having a lot of trouble with uh, insomnia. Yes. And I've tried, I don't I don't want to get on prescription medication. I've tried some herbs and things like that. And mm-hmm. wondering if you have an idea of right. what else might help. Well, you know what? Um, I, I actually was, I've been looking at your name for a little while on the reader board, and you're in cellular reaction. So what's happening is something triggered you, and it's been a while, like m- more than a year, maybe up to three years. Something triggered you. Either it's an experience, something familiar, it can even be a scent. And so you're in cellular reaction. Um, cellular reaction to me means that something happened, and this is based in my belief system, most likely in a previous lifetime, it could be from an early childhood experience. And your cells are being highly activated. They're in a fear state, actually. That's why, you know, you can feel nervous um, or anxious or whatnot. And I can tell you what that is. Okay, <laughs> great. It was actually seven years ago. Seven, okay. Yeah, yeah. my son was hit by a train. Oh, I'm so sorry. And did he pass away from and the experience? And he passed that evening. Oh. Um, and so since then, yeah, I've, had, I've been living in a state of fear. Right. Yeah. And and so what's happening is your cells, when we're in cellular reaction, they are reacting from, like, let's say this moment that your son passed away. And it could very well be that you're triggered from a previous experience, even in a previous lifetime, because it has been seven years. And although I believe, you know, grief and mourning is subjective, it's up to the individual how long it's going to take them to grieve or an experience. And losing a child, as we all know, is one of the things that we all hope to never experience in quite frankly. Um, and so your body is acting as if, like in that seven-year period, whatever's happening, whatever happened is if it's still happening. So what are your beliefs right now about your son? I mean, do you believe he's at peace or do you feel his presence at all around you? What, is, what are your beliefs about him and his life right now? I, I'm not sure. Okay. I, it, it fluctuates. Okay. It, I can be calm and have... 
I think that he's fine, and then I just don't know, and maybe he's troubled, and I just go all across the board. Right, right. Um, and, and so here's what I would love for you to do right at this moment, because when you're feeling this way, and by the way, I completely understand. I, I, I can't, ima- I mean, I can imagine, but I haven't had the experience in all of our hearts go out to you. But if you could at this moment to just stop your beautiful brain from thinking about your son for just a moment and think about something that you can authentically feel peace or happiness about. And I don't care if it's chocolate ice cream. I don't care if it's sex, you know, just anything to get your mind off of um, this event. So if you could just take a few moments and kind of close your eyes for a minute and and allow a vision or a memory that's not going to lead you back to the sorrow of your son's passing, um, that would be great. So I'll just let you kind of kind of do that. Um, and, and the reason why I'm asking you to do this is because when you're in a f- certain frequency of energy, it's difficult to communicate or connect to with people who are on the other side. And your son um, still feels very strongly connected to you. In other words, you haven't completely let go yet, which, again, we understand. And so, you know, uh, his presence, um, his spirit, if you will, feels um, can feel your pain, and he wants you to be well. And so the connection for both of you is a little bit desperate. And the truth is, he's perfectly fine. He's on the other side. He's still very much alive, in my opinion, and having a full life, but in a different reality, a different way of being, because I believe we are eternal beings, and we may live in multiple time-space realities. Um, Some believe even at one time, which um, I'm beginning to think is true. Um, So have, have you been able to find something to make you feel a little bit happier? Good. What is it? Oh, I'm just thinking about this vacation that I had where it was nice and warm. <laughs> Excellent. I, I, we can hear it in your voice when you laugh. That's beautiful. So we, when you are in this type of vibration, and I, of course, would love it to move up a few more notches if we were to measure it like it, as a frequency. I would love it to be a little bit higher in intensity. It'll be so much easier for you to feel your son and for you to know that he's okay. When you start to lower your frequency and your vibration, it's like listening to country music you know, where everything bad happens in a country music song, right? And and so then it's difficult for us to be connected to our loved ones because where they are, there isn't country music playing, I don't think. I don't know, <laughs> but um, it's a much joyful um, experience because your son is really reaching out for you and he wants you to be okay. He wants you to move past this experience. And he's just, he's a lovely young man. He was a very attractive, lovely young man. And I'm really sorry for what happened. I also believe it was his time to go. And um, th- there are times they come up unexpectedly when we have options. Um, I believe that when we come here to Earth, we make decisions and we even create um, exit points, <laughs> you know, where if things are too hard for us or challenging or we've learned something that we've wanted to learn while we're here on Earth, we can then transcend the physical body and go on to another experience. And that was you know, when he passed away seven years ago. That was one of those moments of time. And, and I'm sure it's difficult. Um, so is this helping so far, what I'm talking about? Yes. I, I just, I'm wondering if that will help as far as not being able to sleep because it's been so many years that um, right. it's wearing down on my body. Right. So I'm going to give you an example, and then we'll let our um, our people who are in the studio, Marilyn and Julian, give you, because they've had difficulty sleeping Um I'm sure, especially over the last several years of their life, they've learned techniques. When you're in cellular reaction, when your cells are reacting, even though the situation isn't happening at the moment, what I recommend is that you look down at your body and you talk to it. You tell it what year it is. 
you remind it of your gender, where you live, um, what's what are the current events, so that your cells begin to remember this is not seven years ago or a different century. This is 2008. You know, you're a woman living in North America, and you had a vacation a few years ago, and it was warm and sunny and lovely. You know, so what you want to do is you know, speak more about the present to your cells. And that should help with the anxiety because then your cells will go back to the truth rather than reacting from something that's not occurring at the moment. So have either of you had sleeping problems? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, coupled with bad dreams and all kinds Mm -hmm. of things when you're, you know, in that cold clutch of the terror and fear before you Mm -hmm. reach some sort of um, understanding around death. but what's coming to me is just, you know, I guess it, it's just super practical things that, um, like, you know, self-care, just basic self-care is what I'm hearing. I mean, you, you know, you've had this huge loss, this great tragedy that you're carrying with you. And that, you know, probably, you know, I don't know, I don't want to over-psychologize, but in some ways, we, we feel guilty, we feel bad, we right. feel horrible. And so we start depriving ourselves of what we need to be healthy. And it's kind of like in the airplane with the oxygen mask coming down. You know, you need to put it over your face. And that would include things like, um, you know, running or, or swimming or, you know, getting your body moving, getting dancing, getting a massage, mm-hmm. uh, doing yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those ways in which the, the physical body, which is directly related to the energetic body and the spiritual body needs to be worked. So this is the opposite of the other one. This is where getting into your body and being there now, being there right in the instant and actually allowing yourself to feel what you feel can actually help you go to sleep. Mm. I would also say, um, Please seek some help in resolving your grief. My, I, I um, was very close to my mother, and I loved her so dearly. And she passed away of cancer, I think, 25 years ago now. And I carried that anxiety, anxiety grief with me for 21 of those 25 years. Wow. And it was a very big contributor to my getting sick, I know. And um, just seek some help where you know is right and also do some journaling to help get it out. Yeah. And and as you're doing the journal, thank you, both of you. That's excellent advice. As you do the journaling, you know, you can use journaling to even get information about your son. Like, Hey, are you okay? And, And then you could get this warmth of feeling that yes, he's okay, which could give you peace of mind that could last days or at least hours. And then learning how to go back to that process so that you can learn to have a healthy connection with them. I don't believe just because someone's up their body that our relationships cease. I believe they can continue. Um, my father's been on the other side for about three years. And yes, I'm a medium. So this is something I do every day professionally. Um, but it is such um, a, a pleasure and a joy for me to hear my father's voice or open up a card that um, he gave me years ago on my birthday, just because I'm listening to the subtleness of the energy around me and I'm paying attention to the guidance that's brought to me. And then I'm comforted and I don't feel as alone. Um, and I believe someday mediums won't be in demand. You know, we won't necessarily be paid for our services because we're all going to learn how to connect with our loved ones that time and space truly don't exist that we're all here together all the time. Um, so do you think any of this will help you? Yes, I, I hope so. Me oh. too. And, and please keep us posted. Let us know, you know, either through my website or calling back in through the radio show because we'd love to know how you're doing and, 
and to assist you if we can. Thank you. Thank you so much and have an absolutely wonderful evening. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. So I'm just going to go over a few things um, next week. Um, on Valentine's Day, I will be in the studio live, and I'll be with Catherine Ellis. She's the author of the book Love Will Find You. Um, she will be at East West Bookstore on the 13th um, doing a book signing and, and talk, and then she'll be here in the studio on the 14th, and she'll be answering callers' questions. She's also a coach and helps people find love. And uh, then I will be at East West Bookstore on the 15th giving a talk about chakras and energy medicine, and then um, Catherine Ellis will be at the Center for Spiritual Living, doing a three-day workshop to help people allow love to find them. Um, So she teaches and writes breakthrough material in the area of dating and love. Her approach and awarenesses and faith um, allow for a positive, upbeat outlook in love, which is very, very exciting. (laughs) Um, I have just totally enjoyed this hour. It has been a blast. Is there anything that either of you wanted to say as we're coming close to a conclusion? Is there something you wanted to add or anything like that? No, I think, I guess the the thing that that I really want to emphasize is that um, there is no healing of yourself alone. Mm. You can't do it alone. Mm. And the, the care group that came around me, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with the, the divine, I mean, those are all ways in which one has to realize that one isn't alone and, and that it isn't a fight within your skin, you know, to, to reach harmony and to reach health. That we really do need to be in a relationship um, in which we are open to being changed and in which we're willing to take responsibility for changing the world around us. Oh, that's beautiful. And I would add to that, really love yourself. Find yeah. ways to love yourself because all of that will be possible and you'll know you can't do it alone and you'll know that you know you're worth loving oh that is so beautiful you know i'm so proud of both of you it it is a pleasure to watch people heal it's it's one of my greatest joys you know whatever the healing is for an individual i'm excited and thrilled and inspired and grateful so thank you so much for all of your inner work and your courage and your strength and for coming in today and inspiring others to heal their life in whatever way they choose or feel needed so thank you so much. Thank, well, thank you. you. Yeah. So um, we're going to close tonight, and we'll be back. Um, you can listen to this show next week at noon on Thursday. There'll be an encore presentation, or we'll be live at 7 o'clock next Thursday on Valentine's Day. Until then, have a safe and wonderful weekend, and goodbye. Views expressed on the preceding program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle, and KWJZ 98.9 FM, Digital HD3 Seattle. 1150 Signal? Well, whether you live in Portugal or Puyallup, Tasmania or Tacoma, India or Issaquah, you can get Alternative Talk 1150 programming streamed live on your computer via our website, 1150kknw.com. It's true. Just visit 1150kknw.com and click on the Listen Live button. Make sure you have an audio player installed that will play streaming MP3 audio such as Winamp, iTunes, or current versions of Real Player or Windows Player. Visit our website for more details. Remember,